ABC Sport. Grandstand cricket. There you go. That's it for the day. You can hear the bales. And that is Stumps. This is Grandstand at Stumps. On ABC Radio. ABC Sport Digital. And take us with you on the ABC Listen app. Stumps on day three, the first test between Australia and Pakistan. And the Australians in their second innings lead by 300. Two for 84. They'll resume on day four. Kawanja on 34 and Steve Smith on 43. Let's head straight into the Australian rooms. Josh Hazelwood is with us. Josh, how did you assess the day? Welcome. Thank you. Uh, yeah, pretty good day, I think. Um, we probably bowled a little bit better today. Probably a little bit more luck at times. But, um, you know, it's just about getting that ball in the right area. It's probably that transition from white ball cricket into, into test match cricket. It's just a touch fuller. And in particular on this wicket, with the amount of bounce that there is, um, it feels quite tough to hit the stumps, so just keep pushing the ball up there without floating it, and um, yeah, we'll keep going from there. We are a long way away from the wicket, but it does look like there's a few little demons starting to creep into it. What did you see out there? <laughs> yeah, there's certainly a few demons creeping in. Um, it's sort of first two days, it sort of nipped off good areas of the wicket, I think, but now there's there's probably still that uh, for the majority of the time. Even when the ball gets quite soft, it's still a little bit there, uh, and obviously the cracks are probably starting to come into play now. Um, I think more so maybe bowling from the far ends, but um, yeah, there's certainly enough there to, to bowl at. We were wondering the number of times they brought the big tamper and the, the hammer out there to try to settle it down. Where the drop-in wicket meets the, the infield as such, has there been the odd problem with some of the bowling approaches? You haven't seen to be troubled, but Mitch Marsh and uh, Mitchell Stark, for example, do seem to be a little bit awkward where their foot lands, right in the right in the spot you don't want it yeah, to. Yeah, I think it's it's probably the takeoff area. Um, so your takeoff leg is sort of jumping from the join, so to speak. So. Um, I'm a touch further back, so I'm, I'm pretty good. I think Paddy might be just a touch on the other side, so he's jumping off the turf wicket. But, um, yeah, sort of wherever you finish that, <laughs> make that join, someone's going to have some, have some um, hard work. But um, it seems right. The actual foot marks on the crease are, are quite firm, and, you know, we're also landing in different spots, Pakistan included. So there's some little nice little holes there that you can land in on, on the wrong side. But, um, no, it's all good. We want to pump you up in just a moment. Tom Moody's noticed a thing or two. But before we do that, were you, like everybody else in this stadium, absolutely desperately cheering on Nathan Lyon for that one more wicket? <laughs> well, uh, I got the message from the skipper that I needed to start warming up soon, so I was definitely cheering for Gaz to get the last few wickets, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, 500, what a number. It's um, only two other Australians that got there and, and only a fair few others um, around the world. So, huge milestone and... Hopefully will come the second innings. Tom Moody is one of our experts here on grandstand cricket. Tom? Yes, Josh, I, I did notice something. Uh, when you took your wicket, uh, before that, I think it was a couple of balls before, Nathan Lyon made a, a big journey from cover yep. to see you at the top of your mark, have a chat to you, went back into position, a couple of balls later, wicket. Talk <laughs> me through it, because I noticed you pointed straight to yep. him. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll pump up Gaz here. He um, just mentioned with that... Um, Sale there, um, the left-hander. Sort of shorter guy, but I just noticed, I think, uh, maybe batting at the Wacker a few days previous before the game started, just in the nets. Um, sort of copping a lot of short balls and sort of riding them a lot, um, getting his gloves quite high. Um, sort of a lot of balls up in the air around the slip cord and around bat pad. He just mentioned maybe bring a bat pad in and um, test out the short ball. And um, I didn't bring the bat pad in, but I obviously the work to, work to a good plan there and ball went up and, and caught a slip. So, um, yeah, I'll give that one to Gazza. Perfect. Team, it's a team game, isn't it? <laughs> exactly team right. game. Yeah. Just, uh, just from your own perspective and, and the other fast bowlers for that matter, you haven't played a lot of long-form cricket for a while, sort of making that transition. How is the body? 
And how do you feel the summer unfolding? Do you think it's going to get better and better? Yeah, I think so. Um, as you said, that transition from, from white ball cricket where you probably bowl that safe length, that sort of back of a length, um, it's quite safe in white ball cricket, but it doesn't really bring the bowls, LBs and nicks into test cricket. So it's just about pushing up a little bit further without floating it up as a, as a half volley. So, um, And it's probably the hardest wicket to try and find that length on. Here in the Gabba is probably the two wickets around Australia where it's still hard to hit the stumps without floating it. So um, work in progress and I think we sort of made a bit of a, a step forward today. Last one from me. Uh, I've noticed and have been surprised the ball hasn't swung. Has that surprised your, you and the bowling unit? Yeah, I think Stark is probably the only one in our attack and, and Mitch Marsh to a degree that really tries to swing it. Mm. Um, sort of bowl a lot of scrambled seam and the, and the nip off the wicket, there's quite a lot and, and the batters think that's harder to play yeah. um, rather than the swing. So I really only try to swing probably one, one, one out of every 12 balls probably um, and the rest is sort of scrambled seam wobble seam down there and, and try and get some nip off the wicket. So Starkey still swung that one to, to mm. Safraz there quite late. So, um, yeah, there's still a bit there. Josh, you just won for me, mate. Um, how, how You're starting to see a little bit of uneven bounce out there. Um, is that the indents or is it the cracks starting to take place? Yeah, I think it could be both. Um, I think definitely the cracks are playing, starting to play a their role. Um, it's going to be, I think, harder to play the short ball as the time goes on. The sort of the first things you can just duck under it and see it sail over. It's quite consistent bounce. But I think the more it comes in and it starts to shoot low, that'll really play in the favour of the bowling team. So um, as long as it goes up and down and sideways, it's all happy days for us. So um, <laughs> yeah, there's plenty happening out there. Do you have a target in mind what you're what you're looking for now, or is it just a matter of uh, feed up for the quicks, rest up a little bit, make sure you guys are fresh and ready to go? Yeah, I think um, obviously both things will happen at the same time, but. 300 already now. I think, you know, if we probably about half a day tomorrow with, with Travis and, and Bison to come in tomorrow, then things are going to tick along pretty quickly. Um, yeah, something with a four in front of it, I think, is probably the, the way to go, and we'll, we'll take it from there. We know he's tough, so when he's down and receiving treatment for as long as he was, Manus Labuschagne looked like he could have been seriously hurt, toughed it out, went back. How is the finger? Have you heard anything? We know he would have been back in the rooms. Is there any update? Yeah, I think just the physio and doc were seeing him there earlier. Um, whether he gets a scan or not, I'm not too sure yet. Um, yeah, hopefully it's not broken for sure. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll find out more in the next sort of 24 hours. And also Steve Smith wore one as well. So <laughs> I don't mean to suggest that you want to ever hurt a Pakistan bat, but <laughs> I imagine you're pretty keen to see what you can do when you get another opportunity sometime tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I think... As I mentioned before, I think the short ball will be tougher and tougher to play as the game goes on, and it looked quite easy to play there in, early in the in the game. So, um, yeah, a little bit up and down will be helpful. Well done on the wicket. It was a rip-up. Cheers. Best of luck for the rest of the test. Thanks. Cheers, guys. Josh Hazelwood joining us here on Grandstand Cricket. Outstanding of him to wander down and spend a few moments with us. Two for 84, the Australians. They lead by 300. Kawaja to resume on 34. Steve Smith will be on strike. He's on 43. After what was a day that, well, at times was a bit hard to work out how things were travelling. What did you make of it all? Tom Moody, Phil Jakes, cast your mind across what we've just seen day three here on the first test between Australia and Pakistan. Yeah, I thought Pakistan started pretty well and they, they were looking on, on track for a, a pretty decent score and then we obviously saw that collapse of seven for 90 um, which sort of swung things heavily back into Australia's uh, favour. Obviously Australia had uh, a decent first inning score already but yeah, it's a sort of it sort of made it a, a little bit of a blowout this first innings and um, and then obviously Australia 
losing two early wickets made it interesting again and now we've just seen a nice little partnership between Kawaja and Smith just sort of settled things down on Australia's perspective. Tom, your thoughts? Yeah, I think Australia would be pretty happy. I don't think they were expecting to be out there for over 100 overs to bowl Pakistan out on, on this surface given it's the first game or first test uh, in Australia, normally visiting teams take a little bit of time to adjust to the conditions, particularly here in Perth, where it can be a bit quick and bouncy. But Pakistan, I thought, showed uh, some, some real resilience at times. But as soon as that wicket of Babar Azam that, uh, that Mitch Marsh found his outside edge and uh, Kerry did the rest of the work, it is nearly like they lost their rudder as a team and lost their way a bit. Uh, but you can't take the credit away well, you must give credit to the Australian attack. I thought they were resent, uh, uh, they were, uh, you know, consistently on on, to, on top of Pakistan, consistently putting the ball in the right areas. Obviously, Nathan Lyon's a huge advantage having such a, a high quality spin bowler that you can turn to, and he can bowl a volume of overs, so you can rotate your quick. So I think Australia overall will be very pleased with the pressure they applied consistently over a long period of time. And, uh, you know, it's hard batting. When you have an attack like that, that uh, you know, constantly at you, you just don't get any breathing space. No, three, three high-quality quick bowlers. Mitch Marsh, some useful overs also, and then a high-quality spinner in line. About to be joined from the Pakistan team, Amanul Huck. I believe the correct thing to say is... Uh, is it Salman? Is that the right thing? Yeah, to say? Salam to you. Congratulations on the half-century. Uh, talk us through it. What did it mean for you and for Pakistan today? Uh, obviously, you know, when you scored uh, outside Asia and you performed well against as an opening batsman, it feels good. But uh, obviously, you know, when I got out, that was not the time to get out because it was just lunch and we, uh, we uh, the two early wickets and then, you know, you know, the Australia, Australia bowlers really came back after that. So, yeah, that's a good learning process as a batsman. But, yeah, I felt good. Good runs around and good starts at times. Was it frustrating that no one other than yourself was able to go on and make a half century or indeed go on and get three figures? Uh, yes, uh, it is because you know if you, if you if you see our end score, it's obviously it it is the it is the way that you know that we did it as some of the batsmen we you know as, a, as me myself you know if we could have have 100 and 160 run partnership then we, we could have ended like 370 380. But yeah, that's a learning process as I mentioned earlier. Yeah, but it's you know they have a good bowling attack and they don't give you they don't offer you a lot. So you have to be very patient in these conditions where ball is moving around. So you know you have to stick to your basics as well. You mentioned about being very patient. We were very impressed by how determined you were, the opening partnership, to come out there with a, a big score, nearly 500 on the board for the Australians, and you looked like you were absolutely determined to dig in there. Was that the mindset as you walked out there? Uh, it's just that I was waiting for the bad ball, but uh, in the first two hours there was no uh, such bad ball, so they really bowled on a really tight length. So we, we, we knew that, you know, they... Uh, these Aussie attacks, uh, we gonna, they're gonna bowl like that. So we were very patient and we wanted to, you know, just we wanted to bat as much as we can and we wanted to, you know, have a little bit patient and, uh, you know, if we have our strength and if the ball is in that our zone, we could have scored runs. But it's just that, you know, they, they, that is the why they, you know, they're, they're the best bowling attacks. Um, so, you know, it was it was not the plan, the mindset that, you know, we have to be very patient. We were looking for runs, but some sometimes, you know, it's uh, the runs, you know, it doesn't offer you a lot of a lot of sessions. So we, we were trying to do, but, you know, some of the things were not going in our way. Terrific to have a half-century maker here, Aman Ulhaq, with us on Grandstand Cricket, former Australian Test players Phil Jakes and Tom Moody have a few questions. I do, Aman, well, well played in the first innings. Just as a top-order player, what are the things that you have to adapt to, adjust your game to play in conditions like here in Perth against playing in Pakistan? 
uh, it's like it's like very different uh, to what we are uh, we, we play in Pakistan and it's just that you know uh, steam bounce and a little bit of extra pace it's just that you know uh, we were we were we had a good camp we had a good 10 days you know we came here early and uh, it's just that you should know where's your off stump and you should know the length ball is very important that you know you should uh, you have to be very uh, very good extra marks of you know how you leave the ball here on the length ball so because some of the balls on the length ball they have some lateral movement so if you if you are leaving the those good balls and you stuck to the stick to the basics on cut shots and you know which I was what was my mindset that you know if it's gonna be on my leg and then you know you have to the main important thing for me it was you know how I'm leaving the ball on the short ball and the length ball and you know when I know that you know they will come to my area and then I can score some runs. Mm. Imam, well played mate. Um, how how do we how will you adjust in the second innings? Obviously we're we're starting to see a few balls starting to play up a little bit few balls going up and down off those cracks how, how will you have to adjust your game plan in second innings it's just that you know some things we cannot we cannot control we have always uh, listened that you know control the controllable so that is that is not in our control it's just that we have to uh, watch the ball and just play according to the ball you know we cannot uh, control our we cannot control any pitch around the world so it's just that you know we have uh, you know we just want to restrict as as early as we can and then you know we'll see how uh, how the total how the score will come to our end and then we'll back accordingly. I understand you got married a short time ago. How have you been able to squeeze in a honeymoon alongside with this Australian tour? Uh, it's just not in a honeymoon. It's such a really hard work. <laughs> it's a really hard work as an opening batsman coming to Australia. So I don't think so. It's it's a right place for a hurry for a honeymoon. <laughs> but it's just so far so uh, so far so good. I guess uh, she's enjoying and she watched uh, watched me bat the whole day. So it was a nervy nervy time for her as well. So but it's it's okay. It's, we can enjoy now. Congratulations on that. Congratulations on the 62 today. Well done. Thank you for talking to us. I'll work on my Urdu for the rest of the thing. I appreciate it. Emmanuel Huck, great of him to join us here on Grandstand Cricket. The Australians, two for 84. Their lead is 300. Kawaja, 34. Smith is 43. And Steve Smith was having his arm looked at. Um, certainly was copying a nasty blow. Some people suggesting he didn't want to face another over. I'm not sure that's the case. Um, Steve Smith being hit late in the day. Let's have a little listen to that. And then afterwards, Steve Smith spoke to one of the television broadcasters in Fox Sports. Shaheen runs into Smith. Smith takes the ball on his body as he walked across there. So all of a sudden, uh, Pakistan deciding enough of this and just trying to bowl a length. Let's get under their skin, into their ribcage. Just turn his back slightly, Smith. He knew he was in trouble about halfway down. Just tried to, yeah, he tried to kind of brace himself to avoid getting hit in a place that was going to hurt the least, I guess. Yeah, well, a challenging uh, final period there for Steve Smith. Firstly, how's the arm? That's all right, bit of a bruise, but uh, I'll live. You've been involved in phases like this over the course of your career, and you're always talking about problem solving and, and tinkering with your game. How do you set up to, to uneven bounce just like that? Wear a few. Um, no, that was challenging there. The light kind of got a bit dark and um, shadows across the ground. And Shaheen's got a really whippy action with his wrist, so it was quite hard picking up the length of those. But um, got through it, so lead a 300, two down. We're in a good spot. Go and get some ice on that arm. Thank you. It did look a little bit nasty. So Steve Smith in the wars, Manus Labuschagne in the wars. Gut feeling for either of you on Manus Labuschagne. It was a, a long time that he was out there being treated. We know that he's tough. You bat. And the Boxing Day test, if a finger is broken, Phil Jacks? It would certainly be very painful. It depends on where the break is and how bad it is, if there is a break there at all. Um, obviously being assessed at the moment, so hopefully not too bad from Australia's perspective. But 
they, depending on which finger it is, you can you can get away with it sometimes. If it's on the bottom hand, you know, pinky on the bottom hand, potentially you could get away with it. But it's going to be really hard to with the with the turnaround to be up and up and about to be at at full fitness. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, if it is broken, I, I don't think we'll see him in Melbourne. Um, yeah, there's just no point, really. Uh, you know, pushing. If particularly if Australia get the result they want here in Perth, it just would make sense to get it right instead of you know risking maybe another knock on it. Um, so yeah, look, let's hope it's all all clear. But you're quite right; it's bottom hand, little finger. Generally, a lot of uh, if it is the top hand, different story. That's controlling the bat and controlling what's happening. The only shots that are really affected is his uh, back foot sort of cut shots. That's when the bottom hand comes into play, or the pull shots. So you know it. Uh, you always can deal with pain when you know something's not broken, but when you know there's a fracture there, suddenly that pain becomes a little bit more important. So, it, you know, that's a mindset thing as well. But I'd be surprised if the medical staff will allow him to continue to play, you know, well, not continue to play, but, but be you know, available for the Boxing Day test if it is broken. Yeah, and it's the vibration, isn't it? That's the yeah. that's the big thing, how, how much vibration is going to be down the bat when he does actually try and have a bat with it. Um, Often it can make your bat a little bit better. Sometimes um, it make yeah. you watch the ball a little bit closer because you don't want to miss hit those balls. But it, it is a it is a hard grind batting with a bu with a busted finger. We'll touch on that in just a moment more. But I want to go back to the start of the day. We were most excited about Nathan Lyon, who stood on the cusp of 500 Test wickets. Goodness me, he got close to getting there. Here comes Lyon. He bowls. And he's pushing forward. There's an appeal for a stumping. And they're going upstairs. Yes. He was on the lean. The question here is, did he drag the back foot? Umpire Illingworth's not sure. He's sliding his foot as and the pails come off. Did he get anything okay, behind the line? And just freeze it there, please. There's nothing behind the line. He's going to be given out. Nathan Lyon, 499. With that stumping by Carey. The crowd give you... Their reaction as the news goes up, the bad news for Salman on the stretch. That's a very, very good wicket for Nathan Lyon, adding to his bag. Lyon finished with three for 66, Cummins two for 35, Stark two for 68. Travis Head actually made himself unpopular for the first time in probably 12 months. Why? <laughs> If you're wondering, it's because he removed the final wicket of Shaheen Shah Afridi caught by Kawaja when everyone was desperate to see Lyon get one more opportunity for a fourth and what would have been his 500th test scout. Mitch Marsh took figures of one for 39 and Hazelwood one for 49. So the game, well, looked like it was in a little bit of a holding pattern with Pakistan out for 271. They trailed by 216. But the Australians, well, they could hardly have made a more disastrous start. Away goes Chazad. And it's short and it's pulled. It's in the air. He should be caught in front of square. And he's out. He's out for a duck. A top edge Miss Kiwiman has taken the catch. And Warnick becomes another one of Rick Finley's statistical excitements. A hundred and a duck in the same match. But that one's come back in and struck Lavashane nastily on the hand. He's taken Lavashane by surprise. He's got his glove off now and he's on one knee, so this doesn't look too good. Out comes the physio. He's putting the gloves back on and he's going to continue. Oh, here's a pull shot, but a big top edge. It's flown high in the air. The keeper's tracking back. Safraz takes the catch. It's a second wicket for Pakistan. And Lavashane, who took a blow earlier on the right hand, went for a pull shot 
It went sky high. And this time it's a keeper with the gloves who tracked back. So Australia mm. in a bit of early bother. Five runs on the board and now two wickets down early. It was a tough start, though they fought their way to stumps to be two for 84, a lead of 300. It's amazing cricket how you can go from the penthouse to the outhouse from one innings to another, Phil Jakes. Oh, it's the biggest leveller in, in the world, isn't it? <laughs> cricket, you go from being an absolute hero one day making 160 and then a duck the next day and just brings everything back to earth. Mother cricket. Yeah, it certainly does. It's, it, you know, it, you know, David Warner would have been feeling so rewarded after that first innings and quite rightly so because he, he came into this test match under a huge microscope. Um, delivered under pressure, which he always does when he's backed into that corner. He comes out punching and, and does his thing. But uh, suddenly, it's back to ground zero, isn't it? And to be fair, you know, it was interesting dismissal because it was a decent ball, but again, a, a delivery that where we've seen David Warner get out a couple of times where he gets cramped up with that short ball in towards the body. He can't get his hands free. He ends up very much tucked up with the elbows, tucked into his body, then restricted with his swing and, uh, you know, the ball goes nowhere. And you would know that from a left-hander's perspective, that pull shot that you used to play pretty well, just your hands have to be, or your arms have to be free from your body, don't they? Yeah, they've got to, you've got to extend those hands out, and that's, yep. the, that's the key. You've got a little bit tucked up with his arms. You've got to try and meet it out in front of yourself with nice straight arms, and, uh, yeah, you just got himself in a bit of a pickle there. As Marnus Labuschagne did the same thing, to be fair. Yeah. He did indeed. We've spoken about the Marnus Labuschagne knock. If the finger is okay, and hopefully is for Boxing Day, how important is the Boxing Day test for Marnus Labuschagne? Averaging in the 30s this calendar year. I hate to put the spotlight on someone, but we always talk about does someone need runs? David Warner did. He's responded. If Marnus Labuschagne does play Boxing Day, does he need runs? Oh, he certainly does need runs. He's got 100 this year and in Test cricket, averaging 30. Uh, it's not certainly the the numbers we expect from Manus Labuschagne. He burst onto the scene and has had a phenomenal couple of years. And I think it's, again, the expectation when he walks out to bat, you expect him to be there, you know, in three hours, four hours' time because that's what we've seen from him on the international stage. But, you know, other teams do their homework and they work out how they can bowl to a certain player and, you know, they make those adjustments. No one had seen or heard of Manus Labuschagne before he came onto the international scene. So there's been some obviously some adjustments made by the opposition teams, and uh, they're honing in on him and putting him under pressure. And that's the that's the circle of of uh, professional sport. You need to now, you know, reinvent parts of your game to you know grow as a player and uh, combat whatever it is that you feel that is undermining your game. That's why it's called test cricket, because it's a test. It's a test of everything. It's a test of the mindset. It's a test of your technique. And it's a test of, of how quickly you can adapt to people changing their plans to you. And, yeah, Manus Labuschagne, he set such high expectations when he came into the team that we kind of expect that from him all the time. And he is a very, very good player. Maybe he's just coming back to the pack a little bit. Who knows? But I, I, I wouldn't write him off. I think he's a fantastic player. Um, yes, he's been a little bit on the lean side. Does he need runs? I don't think he needs runs to stay in the team. I think he wants runs, and I think he wants to show that he can be that player that came onto the scene and burst onto the scene um, in such amazing fashion. When do Australia declare their innings closed tomorrow, Tom, assuming that Pakistan don't roll through them? Well, I think well, Josh Hazelwood sort of gave us a bit of a clue halfway through tomorrow if Australia is still batting, that is, and Pakistan don't bowl Australia out, I think, sort of midway through the session between lunch and tea. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. 450, I reckon, somewhere around that mark they'll be looking at. They may even get a few more if uh, Travis Head and Mitch Marsh get going. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I think it'll all be on the time. Um, and as as Tom said, I think a session and a half will be will be enough for Australia to get the victory. Phil Jakes, Tom Moody, thank you for being part of Grandstand Cricket today. You'll be there tomorrow as day four gets underway with Australia resuming at two for 84, a lead of 300. Steve Smith will be on 43. Kawaja on 34. We are really intrigued. They put the covers on it right now. But what will this deck be doing? There does look to be a few cracks starting to open up from what we saw today. Join us tomorrow for day four. Coverage from 25 to 1 in the east. 12.35. Hope you can join us then.